Join me in prayer as we go into our message time at Elevating Life Church. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your ability to reconcile with those who hurt. And we praise you for your healing power. And we say sorry today for harming others ourselves. We ask for a listening ear to give you the capacity to restore life's broken relationships. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may have a seat. Holy, holy, holy. What a beautiful song. It is good to see you out. I like the book we're going to go into. Uh, It's an intimate crowd, but very powerful. So exciting. How's everybody doing this morning? You doing all right? Doing well. Good. Hey, listen, uh, you might see me kind of messing around with my tooth over here. Uh, I had a cap fall off. Uh, I had no idea where it went. Uh, sometime when I fell asleep last night to waking up this morning, which I was quite interesting because anybody have that happen where you got like this little fang going on, right? It's very, you know, irritating. But, uh, you know, I thought it was ironic because, you know, I've got this little fang going on. It's, you know, day before Halloween and, uh, you know, and maybe it's God's way of just, you know, kind of putting me in my place today. I don't know. So today you don't get Pastor Drake. You get Pastor Dracula. Okay, so how does that sound for the theme of our season, all right? Again, it is good to see you, and I apologize if you see me doing that. It's, uh, John, if I do that, just kind of smack, smack me in the back of my head, all right? All right, it truly, truly, truly is good to see you and be with you this morning. All right, turn in your Bible, please, to the book of Philemon. The book of Philemon, chapter 1, if you go to chapter 2, you're in the next book, because there's only one chapter in this particular book. It's uh, only about 335 words in all, depending on the translation that you're reading. Uh, so Philemon chapter 1 uh, continues our, our annual theme, of course, of understanding your Bible. Of course, God's epic story, and begins our time together. Now, with a message I've titled, Personal, But Never Private. Now, I can just pause right here and just take those few words and go in all kinds of different directions. And I say that because here's kind of the um, reality today, and it's kind of sad. There's a lot of people who receive Christ as their Lord and Savior personally, and they keep it private. Why? I don't know. But uh, we see that at work. I'm sure you do. We see it in all of our different roles and responsibility where you would never know this person uh, was a Christian or is a Christian uh, because they keep it, uh, and you hear this more times than not, private. Uh, My faith and my religion is between me and God, and it's private. No, it's always personal and never private. Who's with me? So we're going to see what that means today. And I'm looking forward to it because this, this is a message that needs to be heard uh, to the church today, uh, locally, but also universally speaking. Now, uh, hopefully as you're getting to Philemon, for those who may be wondering who we are, I think we have a guest in here. Uh, my name is Drake. I am the senior pastor here at Elevating Life Church. And again, as I share every week, I am absolutely thrilled to be sharing God's Word today. Now, before I jump into the message 
Just let me say thank you to the folks that have been with us for the last few days. It has been a long three days because if you're, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, we, we had our fall harvest yesterday. And uh, we had a carnival. We had these sweet treats that were amazing. Where's Anna? Thank you for those. She led that whole team up. Uh, we had people passing out candy. But uh, for the first time, we did our haunted experience. Uh, and just going into the armory by yourself uh, at the middle of the night, you know what I mean by that. But we used that, that, that environment to truly turn uh, the basement of the armory into a haunted experience. But what we did, if you didn't get the opportunity to go through it, was we took uh, a, an episode or a story from the Bible and created that somewhat in, the, in being relevant of who we are today uh, and allowed people to kind of experience some of the stuff that's in the Bible with a solid story at the end explaining why we're doing this uh, for the glory of the Lord. So uh, just a special, special thank you for everyone uh, who, who made that a reality. And as Carrie did share, we've decided because it was so successful, we're going to carry it on tomorrow night on uh, Halloween night uh, from six to eight. Is that right? Uh, ish. Uh, and so if you'd like to come out and help and be a cast member, uh, some of our cast members aren't here because it really killed them, I think, <laughs> in the sense that they're worn out and I get it and they're watching on online. So, But uh, if you'd like to come out and help, we need security, we need uh, cast members, uh, we need folks just uh, to help greet, take tickets and yada, yada, yada. So just a special announcement, but also a very special personal thank you from me to you to say thank you because that's what it's all about. All right, let's get into our message uh, this morning. We're right on time, so uh, good for, for us. I don't know if I'm going to stay right on time with this message. I never do. Uh, so uh, I'll do my best to keep in uh, the time frame that uh, I've been allotted. <laughs> so with our message today, my hope and or desire is to understand what it means to be at one with God in humanity. Now, when I say at one in your, in your mind, in your imagination, put those two words together, at one. It spells atone, as in the atonement of Christ. And if you're curious of what the atonement is all about, that's what it is, at one with God and with humanity. Not just a few of them, but all of humanity, as we see our Lord and Savior doing, connecting with all of humanity in the sense of God's love, putting things in order so that then we can hit the purpose of life where we truly can then have a target in life, live on purpose, and then we strive for excellence in that in the sense of truly living in such a profound way that it's so good for others and deeply satisfying to us through the Lord that then hits that target of goodness and happiness. And we have to understand that is the faith. But we also have to understand our responsibility when it comes to, we can't just do it our way. My feelings, my moods, nothing wrong with that. God has given you your desires, your feelings, but that never is to trump the principles of God. We are to flip uh, those around, if you will, because in the faith today, we have a lot of people saying, in the name of Jesus, through this feeling, desire, and all that, that becomes priority, and that's the voice of God. I beg to differ. The principles of God that sit in the Word of God is the elementary truths that we need for the, the movement or the betterment of the faith. Are you with me? From the heart, John. Just for you. 
Sorry, team, I already got away from my notes. Okay? But it's so true. At one, uh, we have to understand that. Now, let me say this about what I just shared about that atonement. To be at one with God in humanity, beginning with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the priority. Now, we need to reconcile with all of humanity, but there is a priority. And when we step into the new life of Christ, the, the priority is with the, the brothers and sisters in Christ. And there cannot be division. Because if there, if there is, we miss the mark in the sense of what I just shared with that goodness and happiness. And so we begin with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So this is just the hope. This is the first paragraph in my notes. But let me say this. I also, with the hope in our mind and desire, is I, I do want to share a secret to help you restore broken relationships. I want to do that today with this message. So we've got two expectations or hopes, if you will, that I really uh, hope that you do take away and apply so that you can just become more better together. Okay, that's my hope today. With the message again, that, that's titled Personal But Never Private. So with that, let's begin with reading the main verse that leads us to God's, we'll say, integrity and His happiness personally and collectively. Let's do that. Philemon 1.6 begins uh, our message, formal message time. Ah, right now, so... Let me share this before I read these few words here. Raise your hand if you've read the book of Philemon. Okay, several. Unfortunately, this is one of those books that are easily skipped over. There's only, as I shared earlier, 335 words. Now, uh, if I was writing it, probably about 500 words. Okay, But that's about it. It's a letter from the Apostle Paul to a brother in Christ who is having a difficult time reconciling uh, with another brother in Christ that wronged him, I mean, deep, uh, before they were Christians and having a hard time, uh, let's say, forgiving and reconciling the re relationship. And now Philemon, Paul's writing to Philemon, uh, is in the leadership position. He's, he's uh, an elder of one of the home churches, and, and but still struggling uh, with some of these issues because you can, I think you can step into his shoes. Uh, if there's somebody outside that you can think that is just kind of a nasty, murderous, whatever, and then they become a Christian and they're mentored and they're, they're you know, discipled somewhere else, and then they're going to come back here. I think, I think we would have an issue with it in the sense of maybe our immaturity or not understanding. So Philemon is in a mature situation, but having a difficult time in the bigger picture of what this means. So Paul here is writing to Philemon about this particular issue, and he says this, I pray now, Paul speaking, that your partnership, your, you being Philemon, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective. That word effective is fruitful. Okay, now if you're in the business world, you're a leader, they're all, always using that word effective. It means fruitful. I pray that your, our partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding. There's a challenge here, and Paul recognizes it. For every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. 
Here, Paul's trying to reconcile this nasty um, issue that's going on between two brothers in Christ. And this is how he starts the letter. And so he's doing all he can to say, we've got to come at one or through the atonement of Christ together so that then we can truly move the faith forward for Christ's sake. Does that make sense? So that's uh, uh, Philemon, almost said Philippians. Philemon 1.6 that uh, then uh, leads us into our next sec- uh, session in the, um, in the message. Now, with our main verse revealed, I have a question for you. Anybody shocked? Oh, good night. It's Halloween. I was trying to shock you. Now, as usual, as usual it's a pretty intense. It's not, we're not going to go deep here. I want you to use your recall and your memory. Doc, you might have a problem here, but we'll help you out, okay? Here you go. Do you recall hurting someone? Regretting it. Now hear this. Learning from it and then trying to repair it, but to no avail. The person refused your forgiveness and or reconnection. Can you recall a time that you hurt somebody? And we've all been there. If you like, no, I've never hurt anyone. Let's go back to number one command, repent. Because we've all been there. So do you recall hurting someone, regretting it, learning from it, and then trying to repair it? And it just didn't happen. Now, personally speaking, let me say this. This is one of the most dreadful experience any person can undergo. And maybe you've been a victim of this. We can say it that way. Maybe you've been on the other side. I don't know. It's one of the most dreadful experience. Rejection of a sincere offer to reconcile a broken relationship. Well, Christian, tell me this. Did God create us to live in hate and bitterness and unforgiveness? And you know what I'm going to say next. Not even for a second. His desire is for all to forgive and reconcile faithfully and effectively. It's one thing to be faithful, but we have to be effective. We have to be fruitful. The fruit of the Spirit should come to mind here. God did not create us to live in in those conditions. He desires for us to forgive and reconcile, to partner, let's say, in God's goodness. And as our core verse said, for Christ's sake and happiness. That's His desire for each and every one of us. So let's see how we do this. Let me begin by saying this. Faithfulness to Jesus recognizes that all followers of Christ are equal partners who share in the gift of of love. It is not a one up, one down mentality. Male, female, uh, boss, employee. It is a equal partnership. And I share that because in the faith, don't we have some issues here where we have a one up, one down mentality and have 
all kinds of problems and very ineffective in the faith, where a lot of people are getting hurt. And so we want to be equal because we're partners in, in the sharing of God's love. Would you agree with that? Now this realization is not just something we think about personally, but something we do openly and gladly. Don't just do it in private. Many people failed to do exactly that, causing great pain and hurt in the faith because we're not living it out properly. It's been over 30 years now that I recall myself doing one of the meanest and nastiest things you can do to another human being. I massacred a person with my words, with my gifts, using words. But I massacred this guy. It's something I regret uh, and would take back today if I could. At the time, I'd only been a Christian uh, for a short while, less than a year. And I've been a Christian now for about a year and two months now, <laughs> about 30 years now, okay? It's been over 30 years. And I was still working out some of those bad and, and um, hurtful habits uh, with my thoughts and my emotions and, and, and my activities and, and, my, and my hobbies and everything that goes with that. And there we were. It was a celebration. Our squadron, who was in the Air Force at the time, was holding because we had just wrapped up this intense training uh, week with our German military counterpart. I was not stationed on an American base, with, uh, but on a German Air Force, or Air Force base. And we just finished up this, this radical exercise. And if you've been in the military, you know what I mean. Uh, and let's say at this celebration, um, the um, Jägermeister, we were in Germany, uh, went down smoothly. I always think this. My wife always says Jaggermeister. I don't know if she has, she has Mick Jagger on her mind or whatever. But the, the, the Jaegermeister went down smoothly. And the beer, Germany, and wine flowed like milk and honey, brother. <laughs> okay? All was good. Well, <laughs> until I slipped from responsibility to irresponsibility with my immature drinking habits. Carrie, you ever been there? No way. Has anyone ever been there or am I on an island by myself? Come on. Okay. <laughs> Matt should be here too. We just come up here to be the three amigos, you know. <laughs> Pastor Appreciation Month. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't have gave you any ideas. <laughs> 30 years ago. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, this party, let's go back to the party. Whoop, whoop. Across the way was the staff sergeant who um, now attended the same church that Sherry and I followed in Spengdahl in Germany. It was about an hour and 10 minutes away from where we were. 
The guy had been a Christian now, a southern gospel type of guy from the south, most of his life. And he, he was a, a brother in Christ. Now, my new friend, notice uh, I've had one or too many over my limit. So I can say it this way, I guess. I wasn't three sheets to the wind, but seven sheets. Who's with me? Okay. I was wondering what that always meant. What's, what is that? Something to do with the sailboat, I'm sure. Now at this point, my Christian friend comes to where I'm sitting. Surra I'm surrounded by a bunch of American GIs and all of our German soldier friends, and we are being obnoxious, loud, and belligerent. Now I know that's hard for you to see your pastor, okay? The sweet, innocent, gentle of a man. But we were being obnoxious, loud, and belligerent. For some reason, yesterday's coming to mind. I don't know why. <laughs> now, my friend now had um, a lot of patience uh, watching all of this take place, but he finally had enough. Enough was enough. We've all been there, right? Uh, he knew I was a relatively new Christian, just under a year, and needed guidance in my newfound life. Uh, and he kindly leaned over, he came over and leaned over as everyone was uh, listening and nicely said, hey brother, just he was nice. This is not a good witness for the Lord. Why not just go home and sleep it off? I'll see you Sunday morning. Who's been there? Uh-huh. Maybe if it wasn't direct like this, it's informal because you see that person. Oh, I shouldn't be acting like this. But I'll see you in church on Sunday. Knowing the guy's reputation now with, with the troops that were around me, um, you, know, you know the terms we use uh, back then was uh, holy roller, goody two-shoes. Um, anybody else have another one? Yeah, Bible thumper. <laughs> In my notes right here, <laughs> was not staged, <laughs> okay? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, let me say this in my immaturity. I wanted nothing to do with him because of the crowd I was with in my immaturity. So that kind of triggered me, and, and the gloves came off. Now, I can't get into all the details just because of the context of where we are sitting right now. Uh, uh, I can't get into all of the details of what happened, but I can say this. Uh, with the accumulation of words and, and projecting emotions that I used, I absolutely humiliated, belittled, and emasculated the guy. I just destroyed him. To this day, I regret it ever happening. Anybody raise your hand? Ever regretting doing some things? Come on, who's with me? I don't want to be on an island by myself here. Now, here's the thing. Through this whole ordeal, uh, he was cool, calm, and collected. He just kind of stared at me. It wasn't like the stare down. He, it was, he was cool. He just stared at me a little bit through the blasting of words and emotions. Now, when, when over, he just kind of shook his head like in disgust and, and just walked away. 
That was acceptable when I was, you know, I was this guy, the lingering thoughts and words that come after that as he's walking down, blasting words. He's walking away, and I think I'm all that, and a bag of Doritos with the Mountain Dew on his side. Uh, I think I'm all that, and just, he's just walking away. Good for him. The morning after. How are you doing this morning, folks? The morning after. I had never felt so guilty, ashamed, and perturbed about my friend's, um, you know, disposition, if you will, where he's at with all this. And, and, and I was just, I regretted the whole episode. I was just so living in shame. Now, to boot now, Sherry and I go to church on Sunday. And of course, what's the preacher preaching on? Hypocritical Christian. Or if you were here last week, phony baloney Christian, as I put it, last week. Remember last week? I was guilty as charged. A few weeks passed, and I am guilt-ridden about everything. Now, I know I had to ask for forgiveness to reconcile the whole situation. Now, how did I know that, being a new Christian? Well, because I shared this problem with my pastor and some safe people that were with me. We, we had a little life group going on and all that. And, and they told me what I needed to do. So the next step was to ask for forgiveness. A couple of weeks now. I hadn't even talked to the guy. I'd seen around, kind of talking and all that. But it had to happen to be at one, atonement of Christ, with God and my fellow brother in Christ. It had to happen. So at this point, with excellent mentoring and, and friends helping me out in guidance, uh, let me say this. I did learn many things. And I, I grew from the experience and, and the wrong that I caused. I truly did. And it wasn't long after that I had the opportunity, opportunity excuse me, to make amends. And I saw my Christian friend now down this long hallway at the end of the squadron building. We had a mail room, and he was going into uh, the mail room. And let me say this. This wasn't easy for me. I saw, I saw him. He saw me coming, and he kind of rolled his eyes a little bit. Then I reached him. Very awkward situation because we both know what happened. And I said... Listen, holy roller. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Come on now. <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm just kidding. I said, I need to speak with you uh, and, and, and kind of connect with you about something. And he said this. My friend said this. Say what you got to say. So I kind of knew what was coming. And I apologized. Shared my genuine regret and humbly asked him for forgiveness. Once I did so, though, in an attempt to reconcile and repair uh, the broken relationship, now he's staring at me, what I thought he would do at the episode, but now he's staring at me with laser beam hate in his, 
in his eyes. He puts his finger in my chest. Now I'm a law enforcement. We're all in uniform. Got our sidearms. We got everything that we need. Uh, We're there one-on-one. And he puts his finger in my chest. He does outrank me at the time. Uh, and, and, and And he says this, you will never get my forgiveness. And if I Ever now check this out. See you outside of the military. He's going to. He's getting out of the military in a couple of weeks. Uh, when we're out, if I ever see you, I will kill you. He said, and destroy your family. What? Don't ever talk to me again, because we will never be friends. You wronged me. And for me, that's permanent and for the rest of life. As you can imagine, I was shocked because I thought he was the more mature one than that. No. He just happened to be the oppressed one in the faith. You see... He was cool, calm, and collected in public, of course. It's cool and calm through the whole ordeal, but not in private. He took things personally, was passive because he was talking about the whole thing, passive with his thoughts and his opinions with others, and made it permanent. Three Ps or three things guaranteeing personally and collectively that hate, bitterness, and unhappiness continues, even to this day, to mushroom in the faith. To this day, reconciliation has never happened. He and I never became equal partners to share in the gift of God's love. Why? All because the atoning power of Christ was refused and pride blocked the way in oppression. It's absolutely sad. I don't know where the guy is, to be honest. Maybe he's listening. Maybe he's dead. I don't know. Now you might be asking yourself, Pastor Drake, what does the book of Philemon in, in our message have to do with our little story that was triple the words, if not more, of the book itself, Philemon. Well, everything, but with one big twist in Philemon's story. The atonement of Christ and true reconciliation was honored and took place between two brothers in Christ. That's the difference. That's it. And it's radically important to understand this little book of Philemon because it's a letter from Paul to somebody who was in the condition that, in my story, that this so-called Christian friend of mine was in. He couldn't get over it. And if we could do it again, I would try to probably have a facilitator. Never had the opportunity because he went back to the States. You see, it's a story that that took place where love, delight, and happiness flourished and moved the faith forward through the atonement 
of Christ. The at one And that must be honored in every relationship, first and foremost, with your brothers and sisters in Christ. If it is not, we're out of the will of God. So let's quickly, I mean quickly, look at Philemon. It's only 335 words. Let's look at Philemon to understand what true atonement and reconciliation looks like so the faith can move forward and we, Elevating Life Church, can be the ex- ex- example or expression in our day and age. So let's go back to uh, the book of Philemon, Philemon, excuse me, to see how true reconciliation works. Now let me say this. I'm just going to do an overview here. I encourage you, go home and read 335 words, depending on translation. It's only a three to five minute read. Who has, raise your hand if you have just five minutes for the Lord, and you can read this book. Okay, come on, it's only five minutes. Uh, If that, that's if you're a really slow reader, okay, like me. But the book of Philemon is short. It's actually a letter to Philemon from Paul. Uh, and the, the letter has four parts. It has the greeting and the thanksgiving, which is the prayer. And then it has Paul's request to Philemon about uh, the issues having with another gentleman. Then closing uh, remarks and, of course, blessings uh, to finish out the letter. Anybody wrote a letter longer than 300 words? Raise your hand if you do. Yeah, most of you. Okay. So you get it. Writing a letter. And it's crazy how impactful, John, you shared this this morning in our meeting, how impactful this book is. It teaches many things and touches on various areas, such as, check this out, using your home for God's glory. You know, we have a lot of life groups and small groups, exactly what uh, they're going to teach in this particular letter or share. Uh, It also shares the importance of praying for one another. Raise your hand right now and be brutally honest if you prayed for somebody in this room right now. This week. Thank you. Another lesson, being faithful in the faith to bless others as well as yourself. It's another, another lesson, uh, encouraging each other through the love of Christ. Look at all these powerful little lessons in 325 words. Big, big lesson in this particular book is freedom. And there are many, many more. I'm just mentioning a few. But the big one by far is the secret of life and being true partners in the faith. What is this secret? Well, the secret is what is known as an open secret. And you know the open secret. It is forgiveness. The secret to living good and happy a happy life is for all Christians to forgive like Jesus. Now, I need to pause here. Uh, there's a, an incredible book, and I believe Lynette ordered it. It's called Forgiving What You Can't Forget by Lisa um, Turkhurst. Turk, Turk, How do you say that, John? Turkhurst. I can't say hunter. It's so easy. Um, it is. It's an, it's an incredible book, and I would encourage you to, if you're struggling with for forgiveness and trying to connect, it's not necessarily in the book of Philemon, but it's on the topic of forgiveness because so many people don't understand it and how uh, bitterness and hate and everything is, is building up in, a, in us without realization. 
It's an incredible read. Now, just as uh, with Paul, just as Jesus paid for all humanity, we see Paul stepping into the shoes of Christ and being like Christ in this letter. Paul was willing to offer uh, a sacrifice between these two uh, gentlemen that were fighting uh, and, and, and bickering and doing all that. So Paul steps in between just like Christ would be as a sacrifice and was willing to offer that same sacrifice and take responsibility for what the name is now, whatever Onesimus, that's the name of the guy that that uh, Philemon is having an issue with. So whatever Onesimus owed Paul or Philemon, Paul said, I will take care whatever that hurt is because we, uh, we believe in, in the sense of the situation. Uh, Paul's in jail. Onesimus is with him. Philemon's doing a church over here. Uh, whatever happened here, Onesimus probably ended up in prison with Paul. Paul was there for the sake of Christ. Onesimus was something. He got saved. Paul, uh, you know, you know, connected with him. He got saved and all of this. And now he's going back home. He's being released from prison. <laughs> Think about that. I've lived in Fort Morgan enough to know how challenging this is because I hear it all the time. When somebody comes to church and if they have a past like, let's say, Onesimus is, guess what? 10 to 20 people will come up to me and tell me the hate and whatever they cause and be careful of this person. Unfortunately, it's our culture. If you agree with me, everybody shake your head. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It's not just here, but it's a little focused here for some reason. And we've got to be careful because, well, they shouldn't have done that. Stop. Especially if they're coming to our church because we're here and they're getting saved in a new life. So please, as a Christian, don't even go there. So again, Paul was willing to be that voice for Onesimus to Philemon. Now, just I'm, I'm, quickly, I'm going to say one verse, and I want you to go home and read this. But this would be similar. You know my mentor is Ray Lincoln, right? Uh, he's my Paul. Uh, I would be, let's say, the Philemon in this story, and I just have an issue with somebody coming to church and whatever. Uh, and then Ray would step in and say, no, no, you need to trust this person, Drake. Same thing. And I trust my whole reality with Ray. And I'm like, okay, trust. It's not trusting that person necessarily, but it's connecting with somebody else that is, uh, has you know, the credibility. And you say, trust them. They're a Christian now. Give them that opportunity and make sure you reconcile. And if you read the book, I promise you'll see this, this story. Now, there's one thing I want to share, and I'm done here, John. I'm not going with my notes at all. <laughs> that hurt. Are you sorry? Okay, I forgive you. Perfect object lesson. <laughs> Thanks, Don. Thanks for being good. There's one thing that goes with this too, with this. If somebody's coming to you and asking for forgiveness, and you know all this background, whatever it is, and you have this, uh, facilitator, and you have it, listen, folks, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. That's part of forgiveness in the, in the Christian faith. Okay? And we, 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 we fail to do that. And that's exactly uh, what Paul did uh, in Philemon. Where am I at here? Are you with me, Heather? Thank you. Yep. Philemon 1.18. 
Look at what Paul does. He says, here's the benefit of the doubt, and then I'm done. If he has done you, Onesimus, any wrong, or owes you anything, charge it to me. Then it goes on. That's not the one. Go to Philemon 1, uh, 21. Sorry. Uh, real quick. And he says this, now with this, confident of your obedience, Philemon, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. At this point, doing more than what somebody is asking of you is giving somebody the benefit of the doubt. We see that with Paul in this conversation with Philemon. And give him the benefit of the doubt. And if you do, then the atonement, the at-one-ment, you can trust Onesimus. By the way, if you've been in the Catholic tradition, uh, St. Onesimus is quite well known. So we know that reconciliation happened with Philemon and with Onesimus. So, so that one, they can come together at one with the atonement of Christ, where reconciliation happens, first and foremost, with the brother and sisters in Christ. And let me say this in our homes. Don't forget, spouses, your husband and wife, are brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Uh, don't forget, family is brothers, sisters in Christ oftentimes. Let's, let's get that in context. But let's not forget this in priority. This does it, we need to have reconciliation with everyone so that we can be the expression of Christ wherever we go in the world. And once we do that, we don't do that just personally. We do that openly. Never in private. Always open. So there you go, folks. The message. Personal, but never private. Amen? John.